Well, if you would, this morning I would like you, if you have a Bible with you, to turn to the New Testament book of Ephesians in chapter 6. Going to be looking at just the first part of verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 6. Just hold your place there for a few minutes, if you would. A couple of things before I begin this morning. First of all, and this is just for those of you who are visiting with us this morning, you may be wondering, why is there a pastor sitting down in a chair and not standing at the pulpit? And that's because I had a back injury about six weeks ago that I'm still recovering from, and standing through an entire sermon is something I'm not able to do yet, but it is definitely getting better. Um, totally different subject. I want to share with you this morning, uh, as many of you know, our missionaries, Preston and Stephanie Nichols, are right in the midst of support raising, that very important part of, of going to the field. Um, we are sending them out as a church with great joy and celebration. Um, they're Praise God, over 70% of their support they have so far. Uh, but they still need to connect with more churches. And we've gone to our leadership and said, boy, if you know of any churches, let them know uh, so we can help them out. We want to do any and everything we can to help them in this process. Uh, but we've decided to widen the net to everybody in our church. So if anybody here knows of a church or churches that might be willing to have them in for a presentation, might be willing to consider them for either financial or prayer support, um, let them know. And not just I know of a church, but if you know someone there, if you can help them to connect with that church. That would be greatly appreciated. And we just thought we would see if there are more churches out there than, than we realize that might be interested. Um, their contact information, if you know of one, is in our church phone book. Or if you don't have a church phone book, um, you can call the church office. And if you're not sure who they are, Preston and Stephanie, I'm going to have you stand right here. So... Um, that's who they are, so you might even want to connect with them today, and you're wondering, I know, who are they? And so, thank you. Um, and again, as a church family, we feel it's our responsibility to help them as much as we can. Well, this morning, we are continuing in our series in the book of Ephesians. I have been preaching through Ephesians for the last year and a half, and we have come to chapter 6 in that important section in verses 10 through 20 on spiritual warfare and the armor of God. And we have looked at the intensity and reality of spiritual warfare. Now we are looking at each and every piece of the armor of God one at a time. This morning looking at the belt of truth. Now what I want to do this morning is impress upon us how important the armor of God is and we are commanded to put on the whole armor of God. Also, because this is Father's Day, I want to try to weave in Father's Day into this message because this is important for all of us, but this is especially important for those of you who are fathers here today. 
So let me read for you just to give us the context. Ephesians 6 and verses 10 through the first part of verse 14. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. And that's our focus this morning. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Our first point this morning is the father of lies. At the heart of Satan's character is the fact that he is a liar. In John chapter 8 and verse 44, Jesus is speaking with a group of Jewish people who do not believe in him. And he says to them, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. I want you to notice that. You are called to put on, to fasten on the belt of truth. And it says this of Satan. He does not hold to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy and says, The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. I don't know about you, but I find that fascinating. That people will follow deceiving spirits and things, notice this, taught by demons demons let everyone here today know that satan wants to undermine god's character to undermine god's credibility and to undermine god's word he wants to undermine god's character he wants you to question whether or not god is really a loving god whether god really cares about you whether he really understands what you're going through Satan wants to undermine God's credibility. Can God really be trusted? Does he really care about you and what you're going through? Why has God allowed these things in your life? Why is God allowing you to go what you're going through, the suffering you may be enduring? But most of all, Satan wants you to doubt God's word. Is this really the word of God? I mean, after all, wasn't the Bible written by men? How do we know it's really true? Can we really say that it's inerrant, infallible, and completely trustworthy? Can we really say that about one book? And is this book 
any more important than any other book. Those are the kinds of questions and doubts that Satan wants to place in your mind. Let all of us know that Satan is behind all false doctrine and false teaching. Satan is behind every cult. Satan is behind every false religion in the world. And so the Christian's first line of defense against the devil and his defeat, deceitful schemes is a knowledge of the truth about God and his ways. You are to have the belt of truth fastened around your waist. The belt of truth. Now, I want to say something here that will be important not only for this message but for other messages to come. The belt of truth is a reference to a total commitment to the authority of the word of God. Okay, let me say that again. The belt of truth is a total commitment on the part of the Christian to the full authority of the word of God. It is, I believe the truth. I believe that the Bible is the word of God from the first verse of Genesis to the last verse of Revelation. This is different than the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which we will look at in a few weeks. When we look at the sword of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit is taking the Word of God and applying it to specific situations. It is taking the Word of God, specific passages of Scripture, and applying them to specific situations. This is different. This is a commitment to the whole of God's Truth. It is the foundation upon which every other part of the armor of God is built. So if the armor of God were a house, the belt of truth is the foundation upon which everything else is built. This picture, this analogy comes directly from the Roman world. The belt of a Roman soldier was usually a six-inch belt that fastened around the middle, made of either leather or linen. It was worn, this belt was worn outside the long flowing robe that was commonly worn in Paul's day. And it had a specific purpose. You have on this tunic, this robe, and then you have a belt around your waist. And when a Roman soldier was moving from one place to another rapidly, he would take his long robe he would pull it up and he would tuck it into his belt. That's where we get the old King James expression, girding up your loins. You would just take your robe and you would tuck it into your belt so that you could move fast. And this way the robe would not hinder the soldier when he was running or moving quickly. And it was especially important in battle so that his robe would not trip him or get caught on something. Now the belt was also used by the soldier as the place where he supported his weapons. The swordsman hung his sword from his belt. The bowman used it to support his quiver of arrows. So the belt of the Roman soldier was strong enough to bind the clothing together and at the very same time support the offensive weapons which he carried. 
And a Roman soldier would also do something else with that belt. He would pin his awards on there. Whatever awards he had won for bravery or valor, he would take those medallions and he would pin them on his belt. And if he was a decorated soldier, um, he would pin them there so that everyone who fought against him would know what kind of soldier he was. They would know they were not fighting against any Roman soldier. They were fighting against a valiant and brave and distinguished fighter for the Roman Empire. So it is interesting that our primary piece of armor is called the belt of truth. As I said just a few minutes ago, truth The truth of God's word is at the very foundation of the Christian life. Our enemy wants to deceive us, trying to entangle us with falsehoods and half-truths so that we become confused. And folks, I would say if there is any word that describes our culture today, and even many churches In its understanding of God, it is confusion. People are confused. They are confused about God. Whether it's abortion, same-sex marriage, gender identity, people are confused about what does God think? What does God say? How does God view this? And Satan wants to keep you confused. He does. How could a good God not be in favor of these things? He loves all people, no matter who they are, no matter what they do. And he wants to keep you in that kind of cloud or mist of confusion. Because Satan wants to keep you from walking in righteousness. So he will try to misinform you and upset you so that you get bogged down in sin. And you begin to doubt God. And you begin to wonder why he allows certain things or does certain things. And the way to deal with the deceiver is to implement God's truth in our lives. It is so important that as we look at any situation that surrounds us in our life or in our world or in our culture, we say to ourselves, what does the word of God say? What does the truth say? And just a kind of side note this morning, we not only have the truth of God's word, the written word, but we have the living word, Jesus Christ. So, To fasten on the belt of truth is the same as clothing yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. So putting on the belt of truth is the same thing as putting on the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus is truth. He is our armor against the attacks of Satan. You think of that famous verse in John 14, 6 where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Interesting. I am the way and I am, I am 
the truth. In Romans chapter 13, verse 14, the Apostle Paul says, Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Well, our second point this morning is using the belt of truth. How do we arm ourselves with the truth? And the answer is really simple, by knowing the truth. We fasten on the belt of truth by knowing the truth of God's word. In order to do battle, every Christian needs to know the truth about God. Every Christian needs to know the truth about Jesus Christ. And every Christian needs to know the truth embodied in God's word, the Bible. We need to accurately know who God is, who Christ is, what scripture says about God and about life. And there is no better example of how to do this than Jesus Christ himself. When Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, he did battle with Satan by using the truth. When the devil tempted him, what did he do? He fought back with scripture and said, it is written. Whether it's in Matthew 4 or other references to Jesus' battle with Satan in the wilderness, I encourage you to read those sections over and over again. Jesus didn't stand there giving him some great philosophical treatise. I'm all for apologetics, but he didn't go into any kind of long, drawn-out apologetical argument with Satan. He simply said it is written. It is written, it is written, it is written. And folks, that is how you fasten on the belt of truth. You know the truth and you use the truth. When Satan tried to tri- excuse me, twist scripture by quoting a verse out of context, Jesus immediately responded with the correct understanding of that passage. When you put on the belt of truth, you are putting on a correct understanding of what the Bible says about God. Let me say that again. When you put on the belt of truth, you are putting on a correct understanding of what the Bible says about God. God cannot be whomever you want him to be. He must be as he has revealed himself in Scripture. So many people, and I just had a conversation about this with someone this past week, So many people want to create a God of their own imagination. They create a fantasy God. God, They say God wouldn't do this or God is for that. And yeah, maybe their God is, but that's not the God of the Bible. We want to know accurately the God of Scripture. For us to be armed with truth, we must be serious students of the Word of God. For us to be armed with truth, we must be serious students of the word of God. And here is where, in a special way, I want to speak to our fathers who are here this morning. This is true for all of you ladies as well. But guys, guys, we need to be students of the word of God. We need to read scripture. We need to study scripture. We need to meditate on scripture. We need to memorize scripture. 
We need to listen to sermons. We need to read good Bible-based books that can help us know and understand the Word of God. Dads, no excuses here. No excuses. We live in an amazing age where we have so many ways to get the Bible into us. And I am saying to you this morning, whatever it takes, get the Bible into you. Whatever it takes, get the Bible into you. You may say, well, I'm not a good reader. I haven't read many books. It doesn't matter. The Bible is readily available in audio versions. Whether you go online and listen to it for free or you have an app on your phone where you listen to it for free, listen to the Word of God. All kinds of audio books that are available today. We have so many resources available to us. And guys, we've got to be students of the Word of God. We do. This is frustrating, sometimes disheartening for me as a pastor. I will hear guys say, you know, I wish I knew the Bible better. I wish I knew more about the Bible. And then I see those people only coming to church sporadically, hit and miss. And I'm thinking, guys, if you're not here, you're not learning. You're not. You've got to take advantage of the opportunities that are placed before you. So many opportunities, not just in the sermon that is preached, but in other areas of the church, all kinds of opportunities to learn the word of God. Men, I have seen guys transformed by just small passages of Scripture. Maybe you just want to take a small passage and really study it and begin to memorize it just little by little. Um, Maybe you have a learning disability. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Take that small portion of God's Word and start to get it inside of you and to make it part of you. You see, when Satan attacks us, we need to be able to fight back with the truth just like Jesus did. Jesus prayed for you in John 17. He did. He said, Father, sanctify them with the truth for your word is truth. In John chapter 8, Jesus said to the Jewish people, he said, if you abide in my word, You are my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Man, let's get excited about that. If you abide in God's word, you are his disciple and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Sometimes Christians fall into the hands of Satan simply because they don't understand the truth. Guys, if you don't know the truth, you won't recognize a lie. And that's for all of us here this morning. If you don't know the truth of God's word, you won't recognize when someone tells you a lie. One of the reasons, one of the reasons you come to church, one of the reasons you study scripture, one of the reasons you participate in a Sunday school class or in a small group, whether that small group's in the church or outside of the church, 
is so you can put on the belt of truth. Now I'll be the first to say church is a place of profound worship and fellowship. I come to worship. I come to fellowship with the people of God. But church is more than that. And I want to challenge you with that this morning. Church is more than that. Church is also a place where I go to prepare myself for battle. It is a place of worship. It is a place of fellowship. It is also a place where I come to prepare myself for battle. Just as we equip the saints for works of service, we also equip the saints to do battle with Satan. And if you're not here, you're not being equipped. Let me say again, the belt of truth is a foundational piece of armor. And here's why. You must know the truth in order to live a righteous life. If you don't know the truth, you don't even know what a righteous life is. You don't even know what it is. You must know the truth in order to share the gospel. If you don't know the truth, you don't even know what the gospel is. You must know the truth to live by faith. Paul tells us in Romans that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't know the truth, you can never have more faith or you can never build the faith, I should say, that is already yours in Christ. You must know the truth to understand your salvation. Who are you in Christ? What is your possession in Christ? You must know the truth in order to know those things. You must know the truth to wield the sword of the Spirit. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. If you don't know the truth, you won't know how to use the sword of the Spirit. You must know the truth in order to pray. I'm going to say to you this morning, if you don't know the Bible, you don't know how to pray. At least you don't know how to pray biblically. Did you know the Bible is filled with examples of how to pray? As I read through the Bible each year, I'm fascinated, Old Testament, New Testament, with all the examples of people praying. Not only that, but we have a whole book of the Bible, the Psalms, that are the prayers of God's people. A teaching tool for you to know how to pray. There is a right way to pray. A biblical way to pray. And God wants you to know that. So that you can express his own words back to him in your prayers. So it is the scripture that helps us. That allows us to fight against the enemy. Last Sunday night. We had a beautiful time as a church family. 19 people joined our church. 19 people shared with us their salvation testimonies. What a beautiful time of celebration it was for us as a church. All of those people took four membership classes. And in that first membership class that we had with them, I not only went over with them our statement of faith, but I have put together what I call we believe statements, some succinct statements of what we believe as a church. And one of those statements is this. We believe that the proper Christian response to Satan 
and demons is not to be preoccupied with them, but rather to consistently bring every thought into captivity to Christ by meditating on his everlasting word and its principles day and night. The way you fight against the enemy is not being obsessed with Satan or not being obsessed with demons. The way to fight against Satan is bringing every one of your thoughts into captivity to Christ. That's the way you fight against him. Think of what the Bible says. In Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. We think of what Joshua 1.8, as God speaks to Joshua, as he leads the people into the promised land. And he says to him, Joshua, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then, then, then you will be prosperous and successful. We think of Philippians 4.8. Finally, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about these things. Think about these things. Do you know what that verse is saying? Put on the belt of truth. Put on, fasten on the belt of truth. We think of that passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power for demolishing strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we bring into captivity every thought, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We bring into captivity every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. An interesting parallel to fastening on the belt of truth is the thought of commitment. What this is saying is we commit ourselves. When we are... When we say, fasten on the belt of truth, we are saying we commit ourselves to being prepared for the battle. We are willing to go through whatever training necessary to be properly prepared as soldiers of Christ. When we put on the belt of truth, we are saying, let the battle begin, for I am prepared. That's what we're saying. Let the battle begin for I am prepared. Dads, I know this about you. You love your families. I know that you would do anything to protect your wife and your children physically. I know that. I know that you'd be willing to die for them if you had to. 
Are you willing to do the same thing for them spiritually? What you're willing to do for them physically, are you willing to do for them spiritually? Are you willing to fasten on the belt of truth to protect your own heart, to protect your wife, and to protect your children? Are you willing to say, let the battle begin? For as a father, I am prepared. Dads, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray for all of us as Christians. Help us to fasten on the belt of truth. Help us to be committed to the word of God, the inerrant, infallible, inspired, all authoritative word of God. As a church body, as individuals within this church, help us to be committed to the high authority of scripture. Father, I pray for our men. I pray for our fathers. Lord, help us to take the lead in this. Help us to fasten on the belt of truth. Help us as fathers to say, let the battle begin, for I am prepared. Let all of us say together, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.